I love that ad. I love that ad. I love that ad. Hello, welcome to the I Love That Ad podcast. Um, I'm your host, Shane Brennan, uh, along with my colleague, Aaron Chalk, and today's a very special day. Hello. Boys and girls, we have our first ever guest to the podcast. We have John Gilday, a good friend of ours, who is a business director at Owens DDB, and he's going to be talking to us about everything to do with soft drinks, and we're going to be reacting to them. So it's a bit different this week. It's not going to be me and Aaron bringing one. John has brought all the ads, so if you don't like them, at him um, and give him all the all the comments. But uh, yeah, so welcome, John. How's how's it going? Uh, hello. Um, thank you very much for having me. Real treat. Um, things are going good. Um, making ads, as the catchphrase goes. Um, so, been listening to the podcast and uh, was chatting Darren about it, and quite rudely invited myself along. And then, just to show further arrogance, I thought I'd change the whole format as well. Um, we love it though. We love we love just you know what what are they uh, move fast and break things. Isn't that well, you have to say that possible? you have to say that while I'm in the room. Um, no, but... I don't. <laughs> <laughs> have you listened to the podcast? <laughs> I think, I think um, what what I found interesting was you know I've listened to some of the episodes you've done and um, I like the fact you kind of pick a genre and you you kind of go through your favorite ads from that genre. And always for different reasons. But I was thinking just, you know, it's interesting to see how things evolve. And we recently had um, John Fanning get in touch with us. And he's working on, on yet another book. But he was looking for some source material. And it was actually this book here, which is uh, a book about Bill Burnback's uh, advertising greatness, um, which is sadly no longer in print. Um and we got to have a quick chat with him and he was just ruminating on the fact that we probably don't spend enough time looking to the past for lessons on what we could do today. And so it was with that in mind, I kind of went, what if we picked a category and then just looked at some historical ads and a current ad and tried to draw some conclusions from that um, without boring people, um, which is quite a challenge. Yeah, no, definitely. I thought you were going to take this opportunity now that you're actually on the podcast just to start destroying it completely, just tearing it down bit by bit, <laughs> yeah, we're not section live, by section. God, it's not, it's not yeah, <laughs> yeah. When, when it gets posted and I've been edited to hell, that's when I'll start, yeah. you know, the campaign. It, it'll be like, oh, yeah, and we have our first ever guest, John Gilday. Oh, technical, we lost John. Sorry, we lost. <laughs> actually, actually, my first day ever in advertising, I started in the grad scheme in, in DDB London or BMP DDP as it was then, Bose Mussini Pollock. And there was an amazing kind of account man called Nick Fox, who was a real live wire character and just just oozed enthusiasm. And he kind of went around the room to everyone there and uh, he turned to me and he went, So, John, tell me, do you love ads? I kind of went, I like ads. <laughs> His jaw kind of dropped and he, he looked at me like, where have we got this fucking guy from? Why is he here? And uh, I, I spent about a good year just trying to come back from that poor um, impression. Because um, yeah. ironically, I do love ads. Um, it was just bad language. Yeah, well, I think it's it's funny because like, even when we were, we were trying to think of the podcast name and what we actually wanted to do and talk about 
we came up with that i love that ad and then we let it sit and like over the course of because you know when you, you think of a phrase and you're like does that resonate is that something i actually say and then something came on tv and i said it and i was like oh yeah that is some people say this a lot yeah. and people do like they they're happy to ignore ads but when they really really love an ad when it comes on or someone references they will say i love i love that ad i do I but it, it's it's visceral you've got you've got 90 percent of ads which unfortunately probably don't really register yeah. you know hmm. and then you've five percent where it's oh i love that ad and then you've other five percent which is i can't stand that ad yeah, yeah. um and and to be honest you want to be in one or the other because um, mm. otherwise you're, you're not doing your job very well yeah you're, yeah. you're happy enough to be in either five percent really yeah, just, <laughs> you know you might hate you it. saw the ad though you, you remembered it, it. <laughs> you might hate it but you remember it great oh, stuff God. um okay so i guess uh john do you want to introduce your first ad you want us to talk through today First ad is for a soda that was marketed by Schweppes called Cresta, and it was kind of a frothy soda. Um, now, I didn't see this ad until I started working in uh, the agency I referenced earlier, um, BMP, and the creator who did it was a man called John Webster, and he um, pretty much built the creative reputation of that agency, um, and he created landmark campaigns for all kinds of brands from the guardian to hofmeister lager like just he was able to create things that people latched onto and i think what's really interesting is that that agency actually kind of was the birthplace of planning the man stanley pollock the p and bmp created that idea of planning and and, and, and how to develop a, a communication strategy but without John Webster, I don't think the whole thing would have come together. And if, if ever you read Dave Trott's blog, he'll always talk about Bill Birnbeck, but I'd say his second reference would be John Webster. And it was John who, who came up with this ad, and he was still working there when I joined. Um, and I just find it really, yeah, I think, I think watch it, and I'll tell you why I like it. Yeah, awesome. Hi, man. This is Cresta's new flavor, black currant. I wonder what's. <laughs> Timber! Black currant flavor, huh? It's okay. Cresta, not in five fruity flavors. It's fruity, man. Cresta, I honestly have never heard of it. Yeah, no. Um, I mean, it was it was UK market, and and you know, obviously in Ireland there was a, a bit of a dominance from some crew called Club. Um, yes, yes. <laughs> um, so that that was just UK. Uh, yeah, um, to my knowledge, yeah. And um, like, there's lots of stuff I love about it. One is apparently that the voice was supposed to suggest Jack Nicholson in Easy Rider. Um, and secondly, the whole thing was just, it's a simple premise. You just need to communicate that it's frothy. Like that's mm. the difference in this, in this drink to, to other soft drinks. And John Webster had a, a history of kind of creating characters that a brand would be built around. So then when you saw the character and heard the character, you knew what it was for straight away from like smash Martians to, to whatever. Um, 
And you still see it today. You still see that mechanic being used because it works, yeah. because you've got something consistent. The key bit is just making the character fun and enjoyable to see again and again and again. So the character truly develops over time. Um, and he was a master of that. And I, I think there's an innocence about it that's lovely that unfortunately you probably wouldn't be able to do today. Um, and I think as well what's interesting is you watch it and you go, well, kids would just love that. Like small kids would just go, oh, he's kind of funny. He's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but we You nearly think they'd be doing an impression of... Yeah, in the playground. The yeah, it's, exactly. It's just trying super, to do the voice. It's super reflective of um, a lot of Warner Brothers uh, yeah. Looney Tune cartoons. That kind of when he gets a shock and then he does all like a wooga. You know what I mean? That's that's yeah. real Bugs Bunny when yeah. he'd kind of get scared. Which uh, which instantly when I saw it, I was like, oh yeah, that's something kids because like kids love to imitate. Just yeah, make a noise. So yeah. he makes something like seven. Yeah. So. so the whole the whole premise is just you know this is the coolest character in the world mm. until he drinks a bit of this soft drink and then yeah. he's like um you know amazed and wowed by this amazingly frothy taste and what year do you know roughly? it's late 70s i don't know the exact year um but i was i was reading up on it and they kept producing it up until the 2000s the actual drink um but i'm guessing that it, it fell by the wayside because they didn't really support it um mm. but yeah i just i think there's a number of reasons you like it one is the person behind it you know, it, it's just a nice example of a simple way in. Um, mm. And apparently, like when you, I never got to work with John. I, I would just see him. He was incredibly disciplined. So he'd, he'd sit in his office and he would just focus on his work. And then he was, he lived by kind of routine. So you'd see him go out for a cigarette at exactly the same time each day, pretty much. He'd have a Kit Kat as a snack. I think every Thursday night he'd do the pub quiz. Yeah, he was one of those guys yeah, who just yeah, yeah. enjoyed his routine. But when he was getting briefed, he would spend his whole time trying to understand the people who were going to buy this product. So, you know, if it was a housewife that they were targeting, he'd want to know, you know, what her life was like, what were her pressures like, what makes her laugh, what makes her sad, you know, and he'd really get very involved in the human side. Mm-hmm. And I, I do feel sometimes we lose a bit of that we talk about consumers um and targets and actually you know just be talking about people and what's really going on and is do you mean everyone in an age bracket and a gender bracket isn't the exact same um i i i'm alluding to that yeah oh, i'm alluding okay. to that okay. yeah oh God, that um, kind of blows every day that, is a school day. that blows my mind every that's not what i was day. thought yeah <laughs> i know that's 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 i guess that's a different upbringing um so <laughs> you know i just I, I i and i catch myself doing it and i catch myself saying yeah. things that are, are quite cliched when actually take a bit of time out to talk to these people and to to, to really understand what's going on um, you'll find your work does a lot better as a as a consequence. No, oh, that's really cool. Yeah, no, that's a that's a cool bit of the uh, creative to look at and look um, look at and to get some insight behind the man who who pulled it together. That's awesome. Yeah, do some do some do some research on John Webster. That's lesson yeah. one, I would cool. say. Okay. Um, okay, sure. We'll go to the next one then, John. Um, we'll pull that up. Do you want to say anything about it before we pull it up? 
yeah, this, I think, I, 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 I loved television growing up. I just, I thought it was amazing. And I had, I had way more channels than you guys. I had four channels. Um, <laughs> and two of them showed adverts. Um, but there were ads that would come on and they just became very quotable. And it would, it might become a running gag in your house or with your mates or whatever it was. And um, this Pepsi ad, I, I just used to quote all the time. There was one line in it I used to quote all the time, completely randomly. And there was something that was just otherworldly about it. It was, it was American. It was cool. Um, and it, yeah, it just, it just really got stuck into my head. Um, and I've always remembered it since. Alright, let's have a look. Just call AAA and tell them I'm somewhere stuck between Santa Barbara and Mexico. Hey, alright, mister? Uh, great. Hey, what happened? I was driving down past the diner and I kind of like uh, flipped out there for a second and the truck flipped out with me. What do you got in there anyway? 20,000 cans of cola. 20,000 cans of cola? Where's the... Whoa. Pepsi? Cola? Well, come to think of it, um, no. America, a cola by any other name just isn't the same. <laughs> that's, uh, that's great. <laughs> My personal favorite part was the freeze frame at the end. I think we should bring back more freeze frames. Freeze frames, freeze frames rock. As do yeah. as do jingles. Um, but uh, yeah, that's um, yeah, that's a really nice piece. That's uh, it's just so uh, like there's not even. I'm just trying to think production wise. You don't even they don't even establish that much like they don't you're thinking like oh yeah we have to have the truck hanging off thing that's going to be really expensive how are we going to do this how are we going to get the thing it's like everything's so close but you yeah. know exactly what's happening yeah it's they really tell smart. they they tell a story really well but what's mm. what's really good is so in the 80s uh when coke and pepsi were going at it mm-hmm. pepsi pushed really hard this idea of the pepsi challenge so mm they would have these ads where, again, in a kind of cool environment, you would see people blind taste testing a, a cola. And, you know, uh, inadvertently, the Pepsi Cola just happened to win every time. Um, Shocker. Yeah, so it was, quite, it was quite a tactical campaign that they kept pushing. Um, but then when it came to adding the coolness, they would, they would, do, they would do ads like this. And, you know, that, that exchange of 20,000 cans of cola, Pepsi, cola, nah, you know, and then it's like, well, it doesn't, it doesn't matter then, does it? Yeah, yeah. Um, it just inherently meant, you know, Pepsi was something that was better than everything else. Um, and it, it, again, it's, I think that's that piece that, that advertising can do where it can take you to a different world and a different environment and uh you know obviously it's stylized and everything else but god it works like it just mm-hmm. it just grabs you you want to know what happens to the truck and you want to know what happens to the guy after he explains he lost twenty thousand cans of cola but never, never mind the actual truck he just told yeah they never, <laughs> <laughs> they never did the follow-up could have, could have been his he might have owned yeah. that you never know yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he might have been drinking that day that's how he Jim's- went <laughs> Jim now ships eggs. Really? Eggs? <laughs> there was actually a full family at the bottom of the ravine onto a public beach. <laughs> but um, um, what I think about is cool about when... I love about those kind of um, 80s ads, kind of early 90s ads, when 
brands used to go one go to war yeah. And they used to happily go to war. I, I'm i kind of brought back. I, I watched a good few documentaries on console wars on Sega Mega Drive versus Nintendo. Yeah. And um, I love when a brand will pick. OK, we're the cool one. So that means it just opens. All of a sudden you see their advertising and their whole messaging just go mental. It's like, is it cool? Yes, do it. So there's not this kind of like in my head, Coke, um, Cola. Coca-Cola is kind of like more family friendly, more around Christmas and stuff like that. And then you see that Pepsi ad where they're like, don't have a shot of Coke, have a have a go at them. You see the Sega having a go at Nintendo all the time through the 90s. Um, and I just love when a brand pins its colors to the mast and it's like, this is what we're going to do. We don't care if it pisses people off. We're going to do this and it's going to cut through because 12 year olds like it. You yep. know what I mean? It's, it's, it's going to work. That's not going to happen. It's not it, happening now because brands are too busy all having the crack with each other on Twitter, uh, trying to be Burger King. Burger King kind of does it in a trolly way, in a modern like trolls McDonald's, which is kind of yeah. funny, you know. But it's not as. Well, I was just gonna. I was, I was, it's good you said that. Show. I was just gonna sort of bring that up because I've read a really good article a few months ago, and it was talking about all the stunts Burger King has done. Mm -hmm. So they revealed that they had a Big Mac behind every Whopper in mm. the last year of TV ads. Yeah. They did a moldy burger to show they had no preservatives, hint, hint. Um, you know, they've done lots of kind of stunts around the world to, to undermine McDonald's. Now, I don't know globally what McDonald's will be doing, but I've been watching the kind of UK work and they've really taken the high ground and they've just, mm. um, they've told quite human stories. Uh, so, Six years ago, Leah Burnett did one, and Peter Hayes was the creative director, and it, it was just about a, a pregnant lady, and you know she, she's got that fix where she has to eat this one thing. It's just you know one of those cause and effect things, but they're out, you know, the fridge is empty. So the husband walks out to the store late at night to try and find them, can't find them anywhere, can't find them anywhere. Ends up at McDonald's, comes back with an empty box, and she opens the box and it's just full of gherkins, and you're like that's just really nice. And that's just McDonald's playing a role. And then they did another one with like a young kid and you see him around the street and you see an old guy living on the same estate and they all have their own routines and social environments and it shows them kind of mismatching, but they eat their Big Mac with the same routine and the same, you know, the fries going mm. in the open box and stuff like that. And, you know, it's kind of old fashioned emotive advertising, but I can't help but feel it probably resonate a lot more with the people mm. than all these elaborate marketing stunts that, that Burger King's been doing. Yeah, yeah because yeah. you know they seem more targeted at the marketing community than mm. the people themselves. Like, so it's it's interesting you said about that pregnant wife one because that kind of story kind of happened at the start of lockdown. Um, my wife was telling me there was an Instagram mother who has an autistic son who likes his routine and he used to get chicken nuggets like once a week and that was his kind of reward and then lockdown having mcdonald's closed so she tried to like make them at home he wouldn't have it yeah. then she ended up getting on to her local mcdonald's got the boxes and then for the, they delivered a bunch of boxes to her she tried to make them at home again no and then she got onto a manager and was like is there any chance i could have some frozen and your mom was like yeah no problem at all sent a big box out to them and that's that exact but like yeah. you feel from their from their advertising, they're approachable to do that. They might be mm. open yeah. to it. Whereas Burger yeah. King, as you said, like no one would ever think to like, I don't know, like McDonald's do all this work here 
being like, this is the farmer in Carlo who supplies our beef. They're very contactable yeah. within the community. So when you hear a real life story that absolutely brings the brand perfectly um, in sync with what they're saying, it's like, yeah, that's that is clearly resonating with people, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's like anything. It, it has to be true to what that business does. Yeah, exactly. you know, and it has to be true to that experience. And we're not saying that, you know, every time you go to a, a McDonald's, it's this, no. you know, heavenly environment. But we are saying that there's a role for it in people's lives. It, That's it, it'd be cool, as you said, though. I, I always do think of that, like when are marketers just marketing to marketers, which yeah. is, um, I think, a lot of that kind of um, saboteur stuff that burger king does i find it very interesting and cool to see what way they're going to do it now but it's like nearly in the office where it's like so you know there's someone always pranks another person it, it's only funny within your within Great. that space of an office when yeah. we used to work in offices but then outside that no one gets the joke yeah so is there a little bit of like if you mm. talk to the the normal person on the street it's like oh did you know burger king hid a mcdonald's burger behind <laughs> all their burgers and everything yeah like, what why why yeah. would they do that yeah <laughs> you know it's just <laughs> yeah it's um yeah it'd be interesting it'd be interesting to get some data on that just to see what the impact was definitely well i'm I sure i'm sure i'm sure they've won 200 but they, famous awards on the back of it but, oh know. yeah definitely can't you can't critique that but then they, they, their last big one was the the geo the ring fencing around mcdonald's yeah. restaurants which is a type of trolling as well but just in a but in an actual go to a shop and buy a burger which is probably what the business really really wanted yeah. um okay cool yeah that was a that was a cool ad um can we go look at the next ad john if you want to tee it up for us yeah so um yeah as i said like as a kid yeah ads were very quotable but then yeah ads would go viral before that existed and that's when you know people just you know, like a good comedy show or whatever it might be, they just wanted to reenact it the next day. And uh, Trevor Robinson and Al Young were at an agency called HHCL. Um, Steve Henry's one of the H's in that. And um, they, they kind of were a star that just burned really brightly for about 10 years and just did great work, great work, great work. Um, and one of the things they did was put Tango soft drinks on the map and Trevor and, and Al put together this idea of, you know, when you've been tangoed and the first launch ad showed a guy taking a sip of tango and then they slow down and do a replay with football commentators. And suddenly you see this huge fat orange man come and slap the guy in the face as he takes a sip of the drink. And, you know, Ray Wilkins is this really quiet voice. He's like, yeah, lovely bit of work there, Steve. And it's it's just you know he's come out of there and he's 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 got the taste explosion, um, and it was so inherently British and so anti Coca Cola and anti Pepsi, um, all done with less budget and less media, but it just everyone was talking about Tango, and unfortunately all the kids are going around slapping their mates in the face, saying you know when you've been Tango, so of course it got changed to a kiss eventually. Um, so that was great, but the ad, the ad I really wanted to show was, a uh, one a few years later, which was the launch of black current tango. And this is still, I think this is still in my top five of all time. I think this whole premise is just 
genius and every little detail in it is perfect and i think if anyone tried to make it today they'd get fired and i think that's a real shame i think that this kind of craziness is is, is missing at the minute um so yeah i think just have a watch cool let's let's give it a watch hi i'm ray gardner spokesperson for tango this letter is from Sebastian Loys, a French exchange student. Sebastian says, I tried new blackcurrant tango and didn't enjoy it as much as tango's other flavors. Well, Sebastian, all I can say is sorry. We've done all we can. We try to provide satisfaction for all tango drinkers, even if you're only visiting our great nation. Ah, it's not easy. My friend Jeff here has been working on BCT for three years. You're an exchange student, aren't you, Sebastian? All hair gel and fancy loafers. What are your credentials, Sebastian? What drives you? When did you last get up at four in the morning for something you believed in passionately? We don't need you, you hear? You're one dissenting voice in a billion, Johnny French. You're that! Yes, blackcurrant tango is a charge to the taste buds. Yes, it's spicy. Yes, it's got guts. But so have we, Sebastian. Look at us! He's absolutely mental. I love it. The fucking the fighter jets at the end. <laughs> it's not. It's not just fighter jets. It's Harrier jump jets. Joe, it's got to be like these hovering oh, British God. inventions. There's so many subtleties to that ad that you'd easily like the fact that they're even on cliffs of Dover that he has to come. And right when he hits Britain, <laughs> that's yeah. when he gets into the gets into the fight. Yeah. That's amazing. I think, I think uh, just just quickly on it because uh, second time I watched it, and I think there's three there's three cuts in the in the shot. They're very hard I to know, find. I, I could see them. I know. I I'm pretty sure I know where they are. They're very well done. They're very They're well done. So cuts. well done. They're just little lighting changes, and it's like, but like it's only three cuts. Yeah, like, I, I heard uh, 1917 was actually um, based on the, that, tango, <laughs> uh, that tango ad. That's, where they got That's the what happens when they went film. to Europe. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, that's yeah. that's a I, lo- I love that. I can see uh, your point on uh, someone getting fired for doing it, which is a shame because I know what tango is about from watching that ad. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's um, there's there's loads of bits I love about that. I think that line. Uh, you're an exchange student, yeah. aren't you, Sebastian? <laughs> yeah. And that's that's that real little Englander attitude. Yeah. Um, you know, Johnny Foreigner. Um, I think uh, there's the beardy guy, Jeff, who's developed the drink. And he's like, my in friend the, Jeff here. Is, yeah, and he's kind of hovering behind. He's like, my friend Jeff here. <laughs> and then the fact that the spokesperson shortens it to from Black Current Tango to BCT. My friend Jeff here has been working on BCT for three years. It's just like, it's just, the writing is so well crafted. The performance is just beautifully put together. Um, the 
the, as you were saying, like the direction with the cuts, you know, it's, it's fantastic. The crowd of people marching through Cliffs of Dover, everything mm. about it just means you want to watch it again and again and again. There's, um, there's a couple of dogs in there as well, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah, they just yeah. let, let them go. <laughs> yeah, let them go. Um, and it's, you know, I think I think when you've made something like that, you, you must just sit back and go, well, job's done now. You know, like I'm yeah, not, yeah. not going to top that. And if I do, it's going to have to be really, really good. Um, the the slow but but consistent pace that it slides in from concerned about your letter into us right through to come on i'm going to bat the head off you yeah, but it was perfectly paced yeah uh it, it was like falling down except in in like just just fall, watching that that descent into the anger yeah it was just amazing and obviously backed up over the top on screen and i i even love the fact that obviously they've established orange tango and they probably had other flavors at the time that were related that were kind of citrusy but the fact someone had the insight of, well, people are going to reject a black current mm. fizzy drink because that just doesn't happen. Mm. And they're like, well, let's just take that head on. Let's just let's just make it a, a badge of pride that mm. you drink black currants anger. Um, just, it's just absolutely great. And I think, I think whenever you say I love that ad, it's usually because there's something at the heart of it that just rings true that just makes you sit up and go yeah that's that's it mm. um that's brilliant it did it did feel like i was watching the spirit of brexit a little bit and the undercurrent of well it. then i found yeah. i found someone had taken the ad and then done their own vo and it was all about brexit and I, that, that made me laugh more um <laughs> <laughs> it's like someone just didn't get the joke um but yeah uh i yeah it's fantastic it's absolutely yeah it's absolutely fantastic yeah i just it's lovely it's so well it's just for me i just love how it's put together yeah so well done it's written very well it changes tone very quickly the music is perfect the way it builds the cuts are perfect like like watching that on television for the first time you wouldn't see you wouldn't notice a single cut like it it did take like it took me two viewings and pausing to find the cut so like it's and and it's not even done in a traditional way it's actually I'm pretty sure it's like hand keyframed in at certain sections, as opposed to like using a pole to use your cup behind it. It's right. very so, impressive. So because so I'm a proper account manager, when you talk about that stuff, I just I collectively call that we'll do it in post. And <laughs> I don't I don't worry about how you're gonna do it. I just <laughs> I just need you to I just need you to guarantee you'll get it you're, done. Yeah, yeah. You're the guy on set. Right? You're just going FIP, fix and post. Yeah. yeah, FIP. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We gotta go. I'm like, no, we have to get it on the day. (laughs) My whole role on a location is just: is the client happy? Have we got somewhere for lunch and dinner? And if she or he notices something not right, I do a panic chat with someone and then come back with a plan, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. No, that was a lot. Yeah, it was a lovely piece. That was a good piece. There are three strong older pieces of of soft Mm. drinks. Now, what's the next one you have for us, John? So the next one is from a brand we, we heard from earlier, which is Pepsi. And I wanted to do one that was kind of contemporary or, or recent. And I was tempted to do the Club Orange Juicy Bits because I thought that was really brave. And I thought, 
I thought that um, I think it was chemistry who did it, and I thought they 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 put a product truth at the centre, but they did it in a really funny, noticeable way. And I remember it coming on the telly, and I noticed the ad, which, as we said earlier, was the litmus test, and I thought it was fantastic. But then I thought maybe it'd be more fun to see perhaps what happens when it goes slightly askew. Um, so unfortunately I've picked on the, the Pepsi ad, which got pulled quite quickly after launch. Um, and I'll let you wallow in it for a while now. Here we go. Some said never, but they never done come. It's been winning, but the lovers ain't done. Yeah, not on my watch. Took all my rights away. Telling me how to pray. Won't let us demonstrate. We are the lions. We are the chosen. We're going to shine out the dark. We are the movement. This generation. You better know. Do we even need to get into that one? Oh, we fucking do. <laughs> <laughs> that I haven't watched that since it came out, and it's fair. oh my god. So I'm not sure I was able to get the original edit. The music doesn't sound right to me. Um, maybe it is. Um, I, I think there's a couple of things that struck me. One is making any kind of campaign is is difficult. It, it's really hard. You've mm. got to, you've got to manage a lot of stakeholders, you know, inside the agency and client side. And, um, you know, my understanding is that that commercial was, was 
done kind of in-house, um, which probably made things worse because you didn't have that outside perspective. Mm. Um, I think the second thing I'd say is, um, you know, brands and companies are kind of committing to the idea of, of purpose and, and their brands having a role to play. Um, and Unilever are big into this and, and believe in it and have seen it have a positive effect, not only from a business perspective, but actually, you know, in terms of what those brands are trying to do. I think, unfortunately, you know, at the time that was happening, the kind of Black Lives Matter movement was was peaking. Um, but it was not the time for a brand to leverage that. It was you know, at most a time for a brand to say, we agree, Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Um, and, yeah, everything else just kind of went wrong. And to be honest, you don't really need to critique it. You just need to watch the, the SNL sketch that came out yeah. Oh, yeah, within a few weeks, which just perfectly captures it. You know, mm-hmm. director on set tells his sister about this Pepsi commercial he's making on the phone, and immediately you see his face drop as she starts <laughs> questioning his sanity. And then he starts ringing <laughs> like the brother-in-law. Yeah. Then he's talking to the black neighbor next door, and all of them are just going, absolutely yeah. do not touch us. Um and yeah, I I think that what we saw in the first three ads was you know, you either take a product truth and you leverage it, or you push an attitude, coolness or whatever it might be. Mm. But you've got to be really, really careful when you're tackling an issue as big as that. It felt like there was there 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 were there were taking a, a kind of a a stance there but it was almost like okay what's every woke thing that we can put into this yeah kind of yeah let's yeah. get that into the piece like yeah without being we're actually for this exact thing and let's support that it was just like okay this is this is people like this and this group like this let's throw them all in for me it was it was just too polished for what it was trying to be like it's too photo shooty every every pepsi can was too perfect everyone's emotion was there was no subtlety to it at all for a very complicated movement that that is um you know what i mean that's uh, that's kind of very prevalent at that time and then to just throw a model on it you know what i mean on the front of it on the yeah. face of it it feels like they just tried to make a very important issue corporate visually yeah. corporate do you know what i mean and i think that's yeah. where people it was just felt it just felt off it wasn't that yeah. like production was really bad or like anything looked really bad or anything like that it was more just when you're watching it you're like this doesn't as, as you at least uh, said john it's like if you're if you're gonna pick a route you gotta commit to it and you gotta think it through and potentially having external sources to run stuff by um does help if that was shot completely in-house but just it just feels like there was kind of a we have kendall jenner uh contracted for the next five years we have this upcoming idea do you want to put her in it yeah she's a big deal and instead of thinking well what does that look like uh, you know what i mean well how like visually i can that? picture the pitch where they're, they're like going through the slide deck and they have like a 70s picture of a hippie putting a daisy yeah. into a rifle yeah. or something going we're yeah. we're doing that we're doing the modern version of that 
but it's trying to get the payoff from the movement without earning it. They yeah. Didn't earn, they haven't earned the right to, and, and, and either had Kendall Jenner earn the right to be the face of that type of movement. And that's almost like a huge brand trying to do it. And I think that's what kind of rubbed people up the wrong way as opposed to, it just, it was too early to touch it. They, it was out of the traps and they just did it the wrong way, I think. Um, I'm glad they did it though. Yeah. I'm glad that it exists. Yeah. As a, as a warning. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's not bad for the I rest just, of us. I found it entertaining. If I'm, if you know, being completely honest, it's it's in it's the five percenter. It's it's funny to watch. It's and it's not like it it it's it's gone so it jumped the shark so much. It's yeah. almost like okay, okay, now I can enjoy this for what it, it is. It yeah. feels like it is a fake X, SNL sketch sketch itself with Kendall Jenner as the host. Yeah, like it feels. But like there's the, even uh, there was a because I was obviously reading about it and. It, there's an article by Tanya Sweeney in the Irish Times at the time. And in the article, they feature a photograph of an activist, uh, Leisha Evans, who was arrested in Louisiana. And it, it's, it's really interesting because it's a side-on image. You see two or three cops in riot gear, and she's kind of offering her, her hands out to, to be handcuffed. Um, but she's dressed in a way that's very reminiscent of of Jen in this commercial and it's I think what Shane says really interesting is if you if you did try and do that organically what would that look like and it, it feels like what you would have needed was to create tension mm. and it might be you know that actually the sit down process and the cops don't know what to do and the crowd don't know what to do and then you might pull out a drink and offer it to your mate and then you might look at the cop and go oh, well sorry it is one as well yeah, for yeah. you uh, and that might have shown a bit of empathy and, and, and warmth. But that's about it. Which um, we did see in the real riots last year. There was a lot of stuff went viral where protesters did actually like unite with the cops or they gave them bottles of water or protesters yeah. protected them. You know, and that did happen. So they were kind of, there's a kernel there in, you know, they weren't predicting the future, but like there is a way, there was a way to do it with yeah. Kendall Jenner. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, yeah, brilliant. I, I, yeah. And I think as well, you know, like even Coca-Cola, they, um, they had Jonathan Mildenhall, uh, a global marketing director, and he put a lot of emphasis on, you know, happiness as the mm -hmm. kind of emotional area for Coca-Cola and, and did four or five years of, of campaigns around that, which I love. And then he left and suddenly the advertiser became a lot more, um, I'd say, well, a lot drabber. Um, and they came up with the line, taste the feeling, and quite generic kind of crowd shots and, you know, people looking happy. Mm. But what was interesting to me was the marketing side, they were focused a lot more on simplifying the product range, make it clearly all Coca-Cola, um, protecting the brand premium and things like this. Which is, you know, it's it's good, it's healthy as well to keep in mind that your advertising is just one little lever. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. we we have so many things we can work with mm -hmm. when we're talking to businesses about their brands that, you know, we can become too obsessed as well about the ads. Yeah, we can't just like as we send marketers marketing to marketers, we can over and, and not understanding who we're actually trying to communicate to for that brand, it's so easy to get backed up in 
what other marketers will think about it as opposed to what'll actually work what'll come in on budget what'll help targets you know what i mean this, yeah. it's not yeah, everything yeah, yeah. is a is a huge huge campaign but they're just as important to that brand regardless of size i think you know? yeah exactly mm. yeah okay cool so that's it i think i think we're only uh i think we're only about 20 minutes over schedule <laughs> so um we'll see how those those cuts go shane Let's see if we can spot them <laughs> <laughs> Right. Uh, okay. I think, uh, Aaron, have you got anything else? Are you happy to leave it there? Happy to leave it there. Great to have you, John. Yeah. Thanks. Thank so much, you John. very much. Absolute I really pleasure. enjoyed that. Yeah. Uh, and keep up the good work, guys. Really good. Cool. Okay. Take Cheers. it easy. You too. See you, everyone.